Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Silver Savage Podcast. I want to start by saying thank you to everybody, as always, that's been following, subscribing, sending me messages, and providing feedback as a whole. Uh, Today's episode is an exact or follow-up to a question that I've been asked. And that question is, you know, to be a savage and to be healthy and to be fitness, how do I accomplish that? And I always tell you, I'm going to give you tangible steps and not just talk in abstracts. So today I'm going to try to give you some actual follow-through steps that you can take to get fitter. Because let's admit it, your fitness, overall health, affects a lot of things in life. Obviously, from a savage standpoint, your ability to be that protector, to fight, sustain a fight, absorb if needs be, and so forth, that's a direct relation to your fitness. Um, Also, your ability to do just everyday work. I mean, we are We neglect to mention and remind ourselves how much our personal fitness, our stamina, our ability to move or not to move, to hold a position sometimes, right, is uh, correlated to our overall fitness. I use this example all the time when I teach dignitary protection, right, we start every day with uh, physical fitness. And the reason being is people don't understand the level of fitness it requires to maintain acuity of mind, right? For me to be aware of my surroundings so I can protect my dignitary requires a certain amount of stamina, right? It gets very boring, very mundane to sit, to sit or stand at a position for a while and just observe the environment and our brain starts wandering. And there are things I can do to mitigate that from changing positioning, playing the what if game and all kind of other stuff. But ultimately, if I'm not in shape and I can't stand for that long, right? My brain is certainly going to wander. I'm going to start thinking about all the aches and pains in my body and stop paying attention to the environment. I may start kind of drowsy and and getting drowsy and and fading away, right? And that's going to be an issue because it won't allow me to do my job. Dignity protection is obviously a unique skill set, but even just being at work, right? Whatever it is that you do, you can be working on a computer all day and you still have to be fit in order to maintain that uh, that stamina and that acuity of mind that I mentioned. So in today's episode, I'm going to give you some steps, my four main things that you need to be uh, accounting for to develop a fitness program uh, for yourself. So with no further ado, here we go. All right, guys, so the four main things, we're going to break them right now, right? It's obviously your diet and nutrition, right? We're talking about cardiovascular health, strength for resistance training and flexibility slash range of motion. So let's break it down. I will start by saying I am not a registered dietitian. I am not allowed by law to give you a diet, right? But that said, there's only some tips that either as a personal trainer I can do, um, as someone that studied uh, exercise science for many, many years, I can give you certain tips that regardless of who you talk to are pretty universal, right? And let's start with the obvious. If I want to lose some weight and stop being fat. And, and just so you guys understand where I'm coming from, up to, up to the age of maybe 16, 17, I was always the fat kid. I was the one that people were pushing around and bullying and making fun of, right? Always overweight, never good at sports or anything like that. It wasn't until I knew I'm gonna have to go to the military at 18 because it's mandatory service in Israel. And I started just running a little bit in order to get a little bit better shape so I don't get complete shock when I go into basic training. Uh, that I started realizing how everything kind of plays together. I started getting in shape. I started watching my nutrition a little bit more, right? And as a result of that, first of all, girls started noticing, which was an ego boost for me and got me motivated to work out and watch my nutrition even more, right? Uh, But certainly helped in all of my endeavors following. So nutrition is key. 
right? Uh, so the first few things that I always recommend is A, limit simple sugars, right? I'm not one to say eliminate fats or eliminate carbs or go paleo or Atkins or any one of those uh, extreme diets that isolate or remove completely uh, a food uh, a group, right? A macronutrient. I'm not one to recommend that. I think we all have different needs and we all need to discuss this with a physician or a registered dietitian to come up with a plan for us. But balance is key. And I would also say there are certain elements in today's modern nutritional plans that we don't need. Simple sugars, right? Candy, soda, right? Uh, just the sugar that people add to everything that we bake, cook, or uh, even drinks that we make at home, right? Okay, that's a pretty recent invention in the last century or less, right, that human beings started introducing and had a direct adverse um, reaction to our body, right? Or, or sorry, our body has an adverse reaction to the sugars, rather. Right? The reality is that we don't need it. It gets used by the body like that. Whatever it doesn't get used gets stored as fat, and it has zero nutritional value from a micronutrient standpoint, so vitamins, minerals, and so forth. So the first thing I tell my clients if they want to lose weight is drop that sugar, drop those sodas that you're drinking, right? And I try to start people progressively. So let's say you drink a certain amount of Coca-Cola a day. I would say, okay, limit it to half, okay? Then maybe switch to Diet Coke, and then maybe eliminate that altogether and switch to water, right? We're going to talk about water in a second. But uh, but there's got to be a progression, right? I don't like people stopping cold turkey. It may work for you. I know from my own experience it did not work for me, and it doesn't work for most of my clients. But if we do it progressively, people can deal with that. If you're used to drinking, I don't know, six cans of soda a day, not tell you, okay, for the next week, try to limit it to five, and then the week after that, limit it to four, I can start dropping it gradually, and you're more likely to stick to it, right? So if you eat a lot of candy, if you sweeten your drinks with a lot of sugar, if you drink soda, right, try to start eliminating that gradually from your diet, right? Uh, the other thing is, as I said, water. Water is key, and I'll be honest, for... Uh, for the longest time, I was one of those, do as I say, not as I do. I did not drink enough water throughout the day. Uh, everything we do um, requires water, right? Our brain works best when it gets the sugars that it needs and the waters that it needs. If it doesn't, it starts functioning correctly. Going back to the ability for us to do everyday tasks, just from working on a computer and maintaining the mental acuity, I need that water, I need that hydration level, right? Certainly if I'm more active, I need to replenish the water I'm losing in sweat. Uh, with, with that said, people don't know what's the right amount of water that they need. So again, general guideline, and with everything I'm going to say, there's going to be individual adjustments that need to be made. But as a general guideline, just starting off before you see a doctor or anything, two-thirds of your body weight in pound, that's how many fluid ounces of water you want to drink. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you want to drink about 100 fluid ounces of water throughout the day, right? So again... There is such thing as drinking too much water. There are people that actually drink so much water that they further diluted the amount of nutrients in the body, right? So we drink Gatorade when we're exerting ourselves. And I'm using Gatorade as a brand example, but something that has electrolytes in it to replenish those as well. If I do not, if I just replenish water, think percentages, whatever electrolytes were in my body are diminished even more in relation, right? And that actually has... Um, a negative effect on my body. So uh, don't drink too much water either, but you certainly have to drink enough. So two-thirds of your body weight in uh, fluid ounces of water a day, 
uh, is what I aim for. And I've been doing a lot better job at it. I track it throughout the day and I actually check it off. If I didn't make it one day, I like to know and I'm trying to analyze why I did it and how can I adjust. I always have a water bottle with me now. Um, and make sure to start the day with water. Think about it this way. You just came out from anywhere from six to 10 hours of sleep. I don't know how long you sleep. I never make 10, but closer to the six. But still, uh, the reality is you just came out from a fasting period. Your body is craving a lot of things. One of them is water. So I start the day by drinking a couple of cups of water right from the get-go. And that sets me up for success. Uh, plus, I'm typically perched when I uh, wake up. So that water feels really, really good and already starts my body moving in the right direction. So water, right? And the next one, without going into uh, true dietary plants, is protein intake, right? We need protein. Uh, first, of all, first of all, it saturates us, it fills us up, so it prevents us from eating a lot of less healthy foods, okay? Excess fat, excess carbs, and so forth. So protein is great on that end. Uh, the other thing is if you're anybody like me and you work out a lot, and if you're a savage listening to the podcast, I assume you're pretty good on your workouts, uh, then you need to replenish those proteins because what we do when we work out, as we all know, is we're tearing down a muscle, microscopic tears, that we need to rebuild later on. In order to rebuild those muscles, my body needs amino acids, which are the building blocks uh, of a protein, right? So there are different types of protein, animal-based, plant-based, right? Um, I'm not going to get into that too much today. I'm just going to tell you quantities. And honestly, if you eat a balanced diet, okay, whether you're getting your proteins from legumes or you're getting it from steak or you're getting it from dairy, overall, at the end of the day, uh, you should be pretty good. As long as you cover the full spectrum of those amino acids, you're good to go. So as a general rule, I tell people, depending on your goal, if it's just maintenance or if it's building muscle, I try to aim for the higher uh, limit of protein. So I am honestly for one gram per pound of body weight. So I weigh 180 pounds. I try to get in 180 grams of protein a day. It's a lot of protein. So we got to make sure that we spread it throughout the day. Okay. For our body to digest proteins, we exert ammonia. Our kidneys exert ammonia. And we don't want too much of that because that would lead to kidney stones and other GI issues, right? So typically the general rule is 30 Maybe some meals are going a little higher, but then we're going to try to space it out a little more before the next one. But if I get 30 grams every two hours or so, I can get that under 80. So for example, right now I am going to be consuming this uh, muscle milk protein shake uh, just because I did not have a chance to have a true meal. This has pro 40 grams of protein. Doing a quick math, I had a protein bar earlier with about 20, so that's 60 grams of protein. And I started the morning with a morning sandwich that I had two eggs, so that's seven grams each, so that's another 14, and a slice of cheese that add about uh, 12 more grams of protein, so uh, 26, so I'm close to uh, 90, 90 grams of protein, so I'm halfway there already. I know that for dinner today, I'm making burgers from lean meat that I'm making at home, so I know I'm gonna get protein there, and I'm still gonna have a few more snacks with protein, so I'm on track to make those 180, no issues, okay? So with that, since I've been talking a lot, and I've been talking fast, I'll take a sip of my protein shake. Mm. I've had better, not gonna lie. I have nothing against muscle milk. Not my favorite way of going about it. I prefer making my own protein shakes. But again, so recapping the nutritional, limit simple sugar, increase your water intake, make sure you hit your protein goals. If you do those three things, 
okay? You should be able to lose fat and increase your overall uh, nutritional value, hence body composition. The, the last element that comes to nutrition, I'm not gonna talk about it because I am not uh, an expert at it, but it's understanding your specific needs of vitamins, minerals, and other supplements and getting in what you need. So I work with a doctor, we do blood work regularly, and I know what my body is deficient on, and I make sure to supplement with those. I know I need vitamin D, I know I need zinc, I know I need certain vitamin E's um, and certain amino acids, so I supplement with those, and I encourage you guys to do the same. So nutrition and diet is key, right? No doubt. Getting into the components of actual fitness, specifically cardiovascular and weight training, I want to give credit to a close friend of mine. His name is Tony Sendmanat. If you guys do not follow uh, Real World Tactical, go ahead and check him out. The guy is a beast, former Marine, former SWAT officer, uh, runs a lot of tactical fitness classes and uh, seminars. He has a few gyms. He does a lot of guest speaking. The reason I'm giving him credit is because I'm a big fan of making sure my skills work under exertion, but for the most part, I just did because I wanted to simulate the physiological effects of stress on my body, right? So I would sprint before I shoot at a target, right? So that hyperventilation and and the loss, loss of fine motor skills, that all translates to what I'm gonna feel like in combat. But Tony once ran a seminar that I attended and, um, and he said this thing, he said, listen, you're gonna get into a shooting or self-defense situation, right? And you're gonna, you're gonna win because your skills are gonna kick in and you're gonna do a good enough job and you're gonna win that fight. What condition you're at at the end of the fight is a direct correlation to your fitness level. If you are out of shape, you're gonna finish that fight and you're gonna be a complete piece of shit just laying around and you may die of a heart attack after the fact just because you are out of shape, right? Just because the stress will get to you, right? You may sustain severe injuries, right? From soft tissue because you're not flexible enough to uh, to join to, to anything else in between because you did not take care of your body, right? Or if you were in shape, you're gonna finish that fight and you're gonna still be in the fight. You'll still be ready to address whatever else is coming after uh, that engagement. And that's a direct correlation to your fitness level. And I truly appreciated that. And I credit Tony every time I say it in one of the classes I teach. Uh, so with that, let's break it down, cardio and weight training. Well, it wouldn't be a Silver Savage podcast if I didn't have some sort of a technical difficulty and I apologize for the little cut in the sequence, um, but my phone decided to have a conduction. Anyways, back to it, right? So Tony said we gotta get back to our fitness in order to make sure that we are in decent enough shape to take care of whatever we need to take care of. And obviously from a day to day, think about it also from an injury prevention standpoint, think about it from an injury of overall health, right? Cardiac issues and so forth. So let's talk about cardiovascular training, right? Uh, most people call it cardio, that eliminates an oil element, right? The vascular element out of it, but we're gonna call it cardio for simplicity. But we are talking about not just the heart, but the whole system, right? Your arteries, veins, right? We wanna make sure those are uh, not obstructed by anything. We talk about your lymphatic system. We talk about your respiratory system. We're dropping everything in there, right? So when we talk about cardio training, uh, listen, unless your sport requires for you to run and you uh, you need to do so, uh, I'm, I enjoy running. Well, let me rephrase that. I don't enjoy running. I do it because I see the direct effects on my body composition. I've seen that over the past 30 years. Um, and I enjoy the feeling after. Uh, but the reality is that the process itself is no fun to me. If I have the option, I would always choose not to run. 
right? Uh, but there's other things that you can do. If you're not an athlete whose sport requires running, running comes with a lot of potential issues, mostly joint issues. It's a lot of impact on your body. Uh, so working at a steep incline, okay, rocking become pretty big for those not familiar is when you take a heavy pack, like a rock sack, put it on your back with a little bit of weight and you walk, you walk for a distance, you walk at inclines, right? You, this is ideal to do out in nature, which has its own added elements of and benefits, right? Uh, but you can do it on the treadmill as well, just as easily. I do it all the time. Um, I usually do three cardio workouts a day, so I alternate lifting days with cardio days. On my cardio days, I have one day that's a longer run. That's what I'm going to be doing today. I have a day that is sprint interval training, right? And I have a day when I go rocking. And uh, oftentimes I do it on a treadmill uh, just because it's convenient for me. I do think that doing it outside is much better. But honestly, anything you do that would elevate your heart rate above its resting heart rate and challenge you for a little bit, that's what you need to do. Um, hitting a punching bag is great, right? It's a lot more functional, first of all. But uh, secondly, it uh, certainly uh, challenges your body in ways that uh, typical day activity would not. Right, walking up and down stairs is great. If you like biking, do that, elliptical. Just do something that would elevate your heart rate and sustain that for uh, a significant amount of time. So certainly go ahead and take care of your cardiovascular training as well. Uh, the third one, which is my favorite topic, is weight training, right? resistance training. Uh, there's a lot of research to say that if I had to pick between cardiovascular and resistance training, pick the resistance training. Aside from the fact that it will elevate your heart rate as well, Okay, maybe not to the same extent, depending on how hard I press, what kind of resistance training I do, I would still elevate it some, right? The advantages on my skeletal system, think about people that have osteoporosis or the, uh, they start losing, uh, losing calcium and bone density, right? So uh, resistance training certainly uh, slows it down, if not completely stops it, and not sometimes even um, turns it around to where my bone density increases. So there's that added benefit. Stronger muscle means more support to my joints. So those of you that have knee problems and say, well, I don't want to squat because it hurts my knees. I say actually squat. So your muscles around your knees get stronger and maybe now your knees don't hurt as much, right? Uh, so certainly there's that element as well. Uh, from a day-to-day -day standpoint, I need to pick things up. I need to move them. I need to drag things, right? If we talk from a savage warrior standpoint, I spoke about it a lot of time in the past. Uh, my activities may require carrying heavy loads, including a loved one potentially, right? So uh, strength training is key, uh, key for that. So strength training goes a long, long way. Um, I am older, so I don't split my body into uh, one body part a day for 20-some sets and, you know, different angles and so forth. I find that doesn't work for me as well. First of all, I don't have all that time to spend at the gym. And the other thing is my body just doesn't respond to that as well, not as well as it used to. Uh, so I do a whole body workout three times a week where I pick one body part and I go heavy on that body part. So I'll tell you my routine right now. Um, yesterday, so it's always an upper body pull, upper body push, and a lower body exercise. So yesterday my, I went heavy on the upper body pull, so that was weighted pull-ups. I put 45-pound plates uh, on a belt around me and I do five sets of five with that. Then for upper body push, I did shoulder presses. And then for legs, I did, uh, yesterday was squats. So I did squats. Uh, tomorrow, I'll go heavy on my upper body push. So I'm gonna start with heavy chest presses. My pull is gonna be seated, uh, seated cable rows. And my leg movement is gonna be, uh, I, I have a belt squat machine. So I use that one.
okay? And by the way, the exercise that I don't go heavy, I go three sets of eight. So it's not light, it's moderate weight. And the day that I go heavy on legs, I do heavy deadlifts. You saw a picture probably recently I posted. Uh, last time I did was five sets of five with 325 pounds. Um, and then I do for happy body push, uh, I do dips, weighted dips. And for uh, upper body uh, pull, I do the T-bar. So I have a landmine attachment and I do T-bar. So, uh, so that's my routine at the moment. I like throughout the week, if I do this three days a week, right? I covered heavy, I covered each body part essentially three times, but I covered it from different angles or different motions. And I went heavy one time and the other two workouts a little lighter, giving you the opportunity to recover. It seems to work for me. Uh, give it a try if you need suggestions on exact movement exercises and to make it work with whatever equipment or lack thereof that you have. Uh, shoot me a DM. I'll be more than happy to write your workout and uh, give you some suggestions. So let me know. All right. So we talked about nutrition. We talked about cardio. Talk about weight training. So the last one and one that a lot of us neglect, uh, myself included, and one that's super important, especially as we age, and that's flexibility and range of motion. Uh, listen, if you have the ability to take yoga, go ahead and take yoga. I tried it several times. Um, I'm not consistent enough in it, and I don't enjoy it. That's the honest truth, but I do see the benefits in it. And if you guys have access to a yoga class once a week, it certainly works your body in different ways, um, and there's a lot of added benefits. I just make sure to stretch now after every workout. So whether I do a cardio day or weightlifting day, I stretch. I stretch my hamstring, I stretch my quads, I stretch my IT band. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a, uh, is it a tendon or a ligament? It's a tendon that goes uh, across your hip joint um, and it gets super tight and that causes a lot of hip problems for people. Um, so uh, because I run a lot and there's a lot of strain, there works a lot of stabilizers. Um, I make sure to stretch that IT band. I stretch my pecs, my triceps, my shoulders, and my back. Um, and ultimately, I just try to stay mobile enough and limber enough that the gauge I give myself, I won't be able to always tie my own shoes. If I get to a point where it's painful for me to bring my leg up to me or lean forward to my leg to tie my own shoelaces, uh, we have issues. So that is the parameter that I use. But certainly spend a little bit of time. It doesn't take a lot uh, in additional five minutes at the end of the workout. Um, make sure to stretch, uh, work on your range of motion, give yourself some benchmarks to track. So can you touch your toes? If you can't touch your toes, can you touch your knees? Can you touch your shin, right? Uh, reach forward every time a little more for a longer period of time, um, you know, and just keep tracking it and making constant improvements. Uh, so ultimately, it's all about your fitness and health, right? So. I know my family has a history of males dying at a young age. My goal is to break that, uh, that tradition. I want to live to a long, long age. I have a family that I want to see uh, growing older. I have a wife I want to spend retirement with at some day. And um, so health is certainly a big part of it. I also always want to be able to take care of myself and my loved ones in case I need to. So there's a tactical element for me. Um, and I hope you guys find some value in it as well. It is certainly an integral part of being a complete savage. And also just a little side plug again, in our coaching, we put a big emphasis on uh, fitness and the body, uh, where we work one-on-one -on -one with our uh, coaching clients to write uh, workouts for them and nutrition plans for them and make sure they get a little bit closer to what their ideal uh, would be. 
uh, but you do not have to be a member of our coaching program if you send us a message we're always here to support our community of savages and we'll be more than happy to help so i hope you found this beneficial uh, go ahead and implement it start tracking your water your protein uh, start limiting your sugar get on the treadmill or go out for a walk start moving some weights around and stretch at the end and you'll be good to go it truly is as simple as that just comes down to consistency and setting goals and reaching those goals and then moving those goals a little bit further away. So give it a try. And until next time, stay savage.